So you are doing some research here. Yeah, so uh, Cam the intern. Got oh, his own, own podcast. Got his own podcast. But it looks good. Looks good. Logos, good Maybe graphics. Maybe it sounds good, too. Oh, Cam. Hardworking kid. Cam? Yeah. Every day that kid's stock goes up a little Doesn't bit. A little bit. Ryan Hurtry on the way. It's good off the backboard and in. I'm sorry. What a take by Tucker. Jones, another steal. Spin on Caldwell and the layup's good. I would like to see you hold a mirror up to yourself and interview yourself. As good as this was, it could only be better if it was all you. Tuning in, I was a fan. I was like, man, let's do it. Cam, thanks so much for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Joined today for the first time, Cam Isamone. Gallagher's going to have to shoot it from beyond the arc. And it's good. Jacobs for three. He got it! My goodness, what a shooting performance by I think Cam's Corner is great. Tune in to Cam's Corner. This kid's going to make it. He's going to make it here. Great. We are back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Cam's Corner. Today's joining me a very special guest, a man of many titles from sports announcer, product manager, and podcaster as well, Jake Zimmer. Jake, I appreciate you for taking the time, man. How you been? Cam, thanks for having me. It's uh, we we are rapidly approaching the time of year. You know, you're in college athletics. You know, crossover season very well. Uh, it's going to be total mayhem in February. I've got a couple of exciting trips lined up, and some of them for personal, some of them uh, going out on the trail on the pro lacrosse scene. So it's going to be crazy. We're going to blink, and it's going to be payoff sudden too. But thanks for having me on. No, of course, my pleasure. And uh, you know, I usually start off my interviews like I was telling you. Uh, you know, like starting off where these people like that I talked to um, found their love for what they do and the passion that they have. Um, and I know like right now, obviously, we'll get into a lot of the Bruins questions later. A lot of people definitely want to know about that, the new experience that you have as the PA announcer. But, um, you know, to start, where are you from? And, you know, where does that uh, love for sports announcing stem from? You know, like what was sports like for you growing up? I grew up in a small town in southern Connecticut and I was a big baseball fan. I was a not so great of a player. I was, I thought I held my own up until middle school and high school and it started getting really competitive. And I, I had realized as a, a five, eight second baseman, you know, that I don't want to say didn't work hard by any means, but you know, we're just getting out, uh, outplayed and stuff by a, a bunch of freak athletes in our, in our division. You know, I knew I was never going to make it as a college or professional player. So, you know, you have to, in those situations, look around and say, all right, what else do I want to do really? And just got asked on another show, you know, well, where did this start? Uh, how'd you get into the the media side of sports? And, and, you know, I remember growing up, um, I would watch a lot of Yankees baseball where I grew up in Connecticut. Um, went to my first Yankee game in 2004. And one detail I vividly remember besides the park being so big, I think that's every baseball fan's first reaction. when you walk into a baseball stadium is, wow, this thing's huge. My first reaction was the voice coming from nowhere, right? And that happened to be the voice of God, Bob Shepard, they called him, who you know passed away about uh, just over 10 years ago now. Um, couple that with the amount of TV that I watched for sports, um, you know, watching Michael Kay uh, and, and company do their thing on Yes Network. Uh, my dad had a radio in my room growing up as a kid. And, you know, if I was, if I behaved and didn't cause any trouble in the house, I'd be able to watch the, or listen to the end of most baseball games in there too. Um, and that sort of stuck with me. It's what can I do to, to speak about sports and make a living off of it. Right. So those were the early days uh, that, that love grew, tried a bunch of different things, uh, really found a niche, I think. And, and, you know, I, I can trace it very vividly back to some of those early memories. 
Right. And like, uh, where did you go to college? You know, once uh, you started to figure out like this is the career path you were going to take and, um, you know, how did you get into everything that you wanted to get into? Like as far as programs and cause like college, like the venues and everything that they have, like for me, like at URI, like being on ESPN plus, like as a, as a student, like it's a huge opportunity. So for you, what was that like at the college scene and where, and where did you go? My college criteria was pretty simple. I knew that I wanted to get a business degree. I knew I wanted to uh, set myself up for long-term success. Really wanted to go to Fordham. Didn't work out. Um, figure like what better of a place to, you know, that WFUV, so many people coming out of there, Jack Curry, Vince Scully, Michael K, all these, you know, New York area and beyond uh, folks that have had really good success in this business, as you know. Um, Fordham didn't work out. So I started had to, I had to start at square one again. I was down to Bryant and St. John's and I found a, a bit more of a home at Bryant. I think I, I liked, you know, the opportunity to, uh, to get a really solid degree, um, you know, to thrive in a little bit of a smaller environment. I went to a very small Catholic high school in Connecticut and uh, had been comfortable in a setting like that. Um, what I also sort of liked about Bryant is the student radio program that I got involved with. That, you know, as a high school 18-year-old kid, I said, wow, it'd be pretty cool just to screw around and have a radio show. Um Got involved with some of that. The folks at WJMF kind of took a chance and said, yeah, you know, we'll put this freshman, uh, we'll have him call play-by-play -play for a couple things, see what he can do. Um, and then slowly that progressed, uh, well, actually, I think rather quickly, it progressed into working for the athletics department, getting on NEC front row, um, you know, becoming the voice of the Bryant lacrosse team, which uh, was sort of a shock to me as a sophomore. I had never seen the game of lacrosse in my life. Um, I didn't know the rules. I didn't know, uh, I knew people that played lacrosse, but I never picked up a lacrosse stick. So when the athletic department had reached out and said, Hey, you know, you're going to call play by play for all the lacrosse home games. I said, that's, that's pretty funny. You know, <laughs> let me know what I'm actually going to do. Um, and they said, no, you're doing it. And that in 2017 was the year that Bryant won the Northeast conference. They hosted an, any, uh, excuse me, an NCAA play in game against Monmouth. They took Maryland who won the national championship. And I'm pretty sure was undefeated that year too. Um, they gave him some, some hardship at the end of that game. I think it was a 13 to 10 score in the, in the first round of the tournament. So that was a really pivotal experience. I mean, to have that opportunity, it was no ESPN plus, right. It wasn't in the age of streaming that we are now, but it laid the foundation and sort of uh, helped me validate like, yeah, you know, this, some of this stuff actually is pretty cool. I would like to see, you know, how far I can get into it. And, and sure enough, you know, and things ended up working out. Yeah. So like you said, just kickstarting that, uh, that pathway with the student radio station, like those opportunities kind of opened, like they kind of just fell in your lap as the years went on, or was it like you had to keep applying, you know, uh, as far as getting these different, like NEC front row and, and stuff like that, because internships obviously go a long way too. you know, that being in the industry, as long as you have been, um, but like what types of internships did you do? Like, uh, and like I said, like, how did you get involved in so many different avenues at that college level? Yeah, a lot of it was just reps, right? I, yeah. I think the the big thing was not turning down reps. Um, missed a lot of weekends, right? Missed a lot of nights, right. uh, you know, when, you know, can be doing stuff that college kids do. Um, but I think a lot of it was, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior year, and, and even to a degree now, um, you have to try not to say no to anything. And it's very tough. It's a drag sometimes when, you know, a, a team is not great. They're not playing well. There's, uh, you know, the stories aren't good. They're just going out and showing non-competitive games. I think that's where you really learn, like, you know, this is not all sunshine and rainbows all the time. 
Um, I have been around great teams, right? I have still, uh, you know, with the Boston Bruins now, I've only ever done two games that they've lost. Um, and, you know, just under a year, basically, right? So it, it helps so much when a team is good. When they're not good and it's a team you're not passionate about, your true colors start to show. Um, you know, I, I think at school and beyond to reaching out to the different area schools around. I think the, the connections I made up at UMass Lowell were, were during my time in school. Um, you know, understanding like, okay, there's more out there than just the confines of your own, you know, job title. Um, understanding how different shows work, how different productions work, uh, different analysts, right? You're going to work with different personalities that give you more or give you less or give you, you know, sort of something you haven't seen before. So I keep coming back to, you know, I, I never had a formal internship of sorts. Um, just tried to say yes to a lot of different things. Right. And for like somebody like me, like uh, when you were my age, I'm 20 years old. I'm a junior now. Um, you know, well, I guess like, you know, kind of like segueing off of like what we were just talking about, like what advice would you give for somebody like me, like getting into the business, you know, getting more experience um, similar to what you were just talking about, you know, like, uh, like I said, when I like, what were you, what were your mindset like in the, uh, you know, your kind of like, you know, go abouts when you were 20 years old. I keep coming back to that point about saying yes to everything. That's one. Yeah. I would say the other is there are a ton of different personalities in this business. There's a lot of ego. There's a, and you know, to a degree, I think some of it's justified. A lot of people have worked 20, 30 years to get where they are. They're very protective over sort of, you know, Hey, I, I have my spot in line. I've deserved this. Uh, I've made the right connection. So I feel, you know, I, I deserve, uh, I deserve a chance at a, a role or a, you know, a spot on the broadcast team or, or a or PA or whatever. Um, I would say, you know, something I try to do every day and something I wish I heard at 20 or 21 years old was to try to ditch that mentality as if anyone owes you anything, right? Um, you just have to be a person that, everybody likes to be around, right? You know, someone that walks in and, you know, doesn't cause any problems, right? Doesn't make it a burden to work with them. Um, that's something I've tried to do every stop of the way. It's like, you know, hey, I'm, cards on the table. It's not about me. You guys have your things to do. I'll be a part of it and I'll do what you want me to do. You know, I, I wish I had heard that sooner because there were times where I was 18, 19 years old thinking like, wow, you know, I... I I've done these many games and in, in this environment, you know, I'm entitled to, to all of this stuff. And I wish somebody slapped me in the face with that and said, no, you got to unlearn that real quick. Um, that's something I can't stress enough. I wish I heard at that age. Yeah. Like for some, like for me, like how it is now, like, I just feel like, like I've had that same mindset. Like I'm not really, I, well, I don't feel like I'm entitled to anything, obviously. Cause like, you know, like I'm 20 year old kid, but um, like, it, it, it seems like it's like, it, being in those environments is like, this could be like a real thing. Like after college, like, you know, it, it's going to start feeling real once, you know, you graduate. So like for you, like, what was that first, like feel like real moment where you were like, all right, I can start getting paid for this now. My last weekend in college, um, everybody knows John Fanta. He's a great guy. Yeah. Yep. Um, John and I have been friends for about three, four years now. He's a, he's a great dude. He, uh, he approaches his work. Talk about a guy that, that shows up and, and does his homework and, 
you know, leaves his ego at the door. He's done a lot of cool stuff, but he's a very personable guy, uh, which is what I respect the most about him. He, they were in a huge pinch uh, for the Big East Track and Field Championships in 2019. Uh, my last weekend in school, he had put out something in, in our big broad PA announcer Facebook group and said, hey, we're in a huge pinch. We need some help. Um, and I threw my name in the ring and said, yeah, screw it. I'll miss my last weekend in college to go down and do a game at Randall's Island, on, you know, Icon Stadium, a big, beautiful track venue down there. Um I think I probably left campus around 5 a.m. to go make the drive from Rhode Island. Um, got to Randall's Island around 8 and spent my day there. Um, and that was sort of the first time that I said, okay, this is real now. I just did a, you know, for lack of a better term, a Power 5 conference championship. Yeah, it was track, right? It's a long day, not a lot of speaking. But, you know, that was that was where things started to become a little bit real. It's like my i do this cards on the table again as, as a part-time uh sort of thing that keeps me busy right i've got a full-time job i've got a uh, blessed enough to have a, a career that you know I'm able to put some money away and save for the future and stuff like that but the you know the the big question that i had when i left school is am i cut out to just keep freelancing right am i cut out for to to take this pretty far and that sort of helped me answer the question of, yes, if you want this, you can have it. It comes with a lot of work, but that was that big turning point. Yeah, for sure. And like going back to earlier, like we were saying, like uh, all these opportunities coming in and everything like that, you know, and you talk about it too, like bouncing all over the place, like that transition process. Like uh, we talked about it earlier, like, um, you know, one of your first official jobs I saw like on like your LinkedIn profile was with uh, the Greenwich Cardinals was at the high school level. Um, and then like going on, obviously to UMass Lowell, Sacred Heart and doing stuff with Brian as well. Like, like I said, that transition process, was that ever like hard for you? Like, what's it like, uh, do those schedules ever conflict, like working those same jobs at the same time? Yeah, it's tough. And so it's something I do now, right. You know, um, with a couple of roles that demand a lot, right. You know, working in, uh, working for the PLL, working with the Bruins, uh, and then trying to stay pretty active on the college scene, you know, it's tough, but it's a good lesson in prioritization. It's, it's, you know, sort of a mix of what roles mean what to you, right? Um, you know, down the road, I'd love to put myself in a position to be, uh, you know, a, a PA announcer for some bigger events, right? Like, I feel like everybody's North Star is is March Madness or, you know, the Super Bowl, like, like Alan Roach, who's made a career off of PA announcing. He does every Super Bowl, right? He does the Denver Broncos. He does the Colorado Avalanche, or excuse me, he does... He actually flies up to Minnesota and does the Vikings uh, from his his little area in Denver, but he's doing all the Super Bowls. And you got a guy like Gene Honda who does uh, every every Final Four on the face of this earth, right? Like, uh, you know, it, it's it's all about what are my goals and what's going to help me get there, right? Um, part of that is maintaining relationships, right? If you are the guy that blows off every gig. You know, are you going to, are you going to get called back? Probably not. Um, so it's about, you know, being transparent with those folks. That's something that I, I've struggled with a lot. Um, and I feel like, you know, these past year or so I've been turning a corner in that area of, you know, Hey, I'm going to have less availability, but here's what I can do. Right. Um, it's about being transparent in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Like you were listening off a few PA announcers as well. Like that do like those big events and stuff. Um, are you familiar with uh, Tim Sinclair of the Chicago Bulls? Yes, I am. He's yeah. a, 
excellent PA guy. Um, we had him on one of uh, our first episodes of Beers, Business, and Balls back in the day, which is uh, the podcast that uh, my uh, my co-host Will and I have had for almost three years now. Yeah. Um, and the tact he approaches his job with, um, the professionalism that he brings, and, and this guy brings it every single night. It's mm-hmm. not, he's not screaming. He's, uh, you know, not going over the top, but he brings it. Uh, there's really no other way to say it. This uh, guy's a pro's pro. He was one of the first guys when COVID hit to reach out to everybody and say, well, my schedule just freed up a bunch. And this is before he got the bulls job too. Um, schedule freed up a bunch. I would, or it was before he got the the bears job. I should say one of the two, he does about everything in Chicago yeah. that does that Gene Honda doesn't do. Um, you know, he said, I, the schedule just freed up a bunch. I'm trying to take some time to mentor some folks that are trying to make it. So reach out. And his DMs allegedly flooded. He gave me about an hour as a, you know, a young 20, uh, I don't even know, was I 22 at the time? I don't know. Um, But I think that also really shows you sort of who's who and who wants to make an impact long-term in this industry. Tim's one of those guys. Yeah, for sure. Class act, 100%. Like I said, like, didn't think you'd take a shot in the dark and like coming on like my little small podcast, but he did. And it, you know, it made a huge impact. But, um, like I said, like I was talking about, about like the, um, conflicting schedule stuff that gets like hard at times, like, uh, something like memorable to you that you can think of that was like a really uh, hard time, like a hardship that you had to like really conquer through, um, throughout any like positions that you've had so far. Yeah. Um, almost making you like kind of second guess yourself, but in a way you still got past it. And then, you know, obviously you're where you're at now. Two come to mind. Um, in 2021, early on, there was a week that I, I think it was one of those that I just had seven games in six days or whatever it was um, early in the year. And I, I, my voice basically locked up. You know, my throat was, was totally shot. Um, and it sounds really cliche and kind of stupid and silly, honestly, but I, it made me sort of question like, wow, I'm really not cut out for this, right? That was sort of the first time that that I had said, well, you know, I want to be a professional PA announcer down the road. I better start acting like it now. You know, that means, you know, you can't go out and overextend your voice, uh, you know, at night or whatever. You know, you can't be, you got to be conscious about, you know, are you are you drinking too much when you're going out? Right. Uh, you have 9 billion cigars or something the night before that's not going to work. Um, but that was sort of the wake up call, a hardship in a way, um, of, you know, you want to be a pro, you got to act like it. So that was number one. I think the more recent one and probably a more relatable one was imposter syndrome. Um, you know, I, I got the call from the Bruins, uh, in March when Steve Forney, who preceded me as the, uh, Bruins PA announcer, uh, just a, a, an incredible dude too. Um, he got COVID. Um, Tuka Rask's retirement ceremony was on Thursday, March 31st of 2022. He was coming back. It was a whole big spectacle. The backup, John Dolan, who I've known for many years, a good friend of mine as well. He wasn't around. Um, you know, one thing leads to another. I get the phone call and, you know, I'm doing the game. Yeah, John says, you know, Hey, I told the Bruins you're free Thursday night. I said, well, I guess I'm free. Um, you know, went in there, did a good enough job, I think, you know, messed some stuff up, 
as everybody does in that sort of first time, um, you know, did some other things really well. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about this. That one thing led to another down the road, get the role. And, you know, what I've grappled with over the past year or so in different ways, shapes or form are the inevitable notion of like, do I belong here? Right. Does a 25 year old kid belong in the pros? Right. But what I've learned from folks that, you know, a, a lot of PA announcers had that same problem. And a lot of folks in the broadcast industry too, you know, often it involves taking a chance on somebody that, you know, they're not necessarily as uh, quote unquote experienced, right? They're not 30 year veterans of the industry, but you take a gamble on people who, who you think might have the guts for it. Right. So it's something I struggle with to a lesser degree now of like, you know, that, that nagging voice of like, Hey, do I belong here in this industry? Right. Do I belong in this seat that thousands of other people want? Um, it's inevitable in sports, but you sort of have to coach yourself to, to get a bit more confidence in that regard, right? To understand like, you know, hey, I'm believed in by somebody, right? Even if it's just a small group of people, like, you know, enough people believe in me that they're giving me X, Y, Z opportunity. And that's a, a good example of, of life in general too, right? You know, my day job, I'm a product manager. Um, the folks on my team, not to be ageist here, but they're, you know, 15, 20 years older than me. Um, different walks of life and different experiences, but it's a very good point to understand like, Hey, I, I bring something different and a value to the table. And I think it's a really good life lesson that I'm sort of trying to, to relearn for myself. Yeah, for sure. And, and was that how the job for the Bruins like initially came to you? Like all, that whole process? Yes. So to dive a bit more into that, you know, filled in for Steve, uh, kept in touch with the folks at the Bruins, um, Steve was in a really tough situation. He was commuting in from Agawa, Massachusetts. Um, you know, and, and Steve has two younger kids. He's got a, a beautiful family. He's got, um, you know, a, a great job doing what he loves as a teacher out there. And he, he had realized like, you know, uh, you know, this, I, I think his quote was, I can't raise my kids on the mass pike. Right. So, you know, Steve made a really tough decision that a lot of people in sports, uh, you know, dread making. Right. And it's, you know, what, what's important to me in my life. Right. So, you know, Steve's been a great mentor of mine now. So that's Steve Forney, by the way, um, a, a great mentor, you know, he'll, he'll send a text every now and then and say, you know, Hey, you killed it or, you know, have fun tonight. And, and that means a lot, you know, as the guy that preceded me. Um, so over the summer he stepped down and, you know, the folks at the Bruins have reached out and said, Hey, you know, do you want to be a candidate for more reps? Um, and said, yes, you know, would love to be considered for sure. Um, originally it was, you know, Hey, let's, let's give you the preseason. Let's see how you do. You know, let's make sure you get adjusted. We want to make sure you're the right candidate. Um, you know, toyed around with some things. Uh, hockey is a very unique sport to PA announce because there's a certain cadence to it. Things are expected to be delivered in a certain way. Um, you know, there's, there's outrage on Twitter right now about uh, why PA announcers take so long to announce goals. Um, I don't think people understand how much goes into it with the off-ice officials needing to review everything. That was something coming from basketball primarily and lacrosse, which I'm doing now. It's like, it's right in front of you. Just announce it. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's sort of that grow up moment as well. It's like, Hey, this it's not as easy as it looks anymore. Um, so got a lot of those nuances out of the way and, you know, sure enough with more reps, you know, my, I thought my rhythm personally just, just kept clicking. Right. So 
couple more regular season games get released. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm, uh, I'm sitting in the chair. So it's been a wild ride. I, uh, the folks at the Bruins are, are fantastic. Love working with them. Uh, we have a fun time. It's uh, and it helps that the team is 37, five and four, I think too. That's on, yeah. that's on some historic pace, which is like, you know, I, it, it's, it's such a great time to be there. For sure. And obviously like, you know, a job like that, it's like, you know, it's, you can't even put into words how it makes you feel, you know, to be honored with that kind of position. Um, but I haven't asked you yet, like how exciting, you know, all these jobs as a whole, how exciting have they been over the years? Um, and, you know, like obviously now, you know, looking at, looking down at like future, like uh, hall of famers and like Marshawn and like Patrice Bergeron, like just being able to call their names out when something happens and even like starting lineups, like how does that make you feel, uh, you know, as a professional now? Yeah, it's, it's kind of wild because, it's uh, yeah, I keep coming back to a quote that David Krejci said when he played his thousandth game the other day, they asked him like, Hey, how's this thousandth game feel? And he sort of paused for 10 seconds. And he's like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I'm going to appreciate later. Right. Yeah. That it, it's a great honor now, but I'm going to look back at this moment and, you know, three, four years, whenever he hangs up the cleats, who knows, could be 10 at this rate with the, with the longevity the Bruins players have. Um, and sort of what I keep coming back to as well, you know, in the moment it's showing up for work. It's, it's reading the lineups. It's reading that, you know, Brad Marchand scored a goal. I'm going to look back at that when Bergeron inevitably retires, uh, whether it's next year or, or however long, if he keeps coming back on these one year deals, um, that'll be something that, you know, I, I hope to show my kids, you know, uh, down the road, like, Hey, you know, how cool is this? Um, you know, that your dad got to announce Bergeron's thousandth game cer- or a thousand point ceremony. Um, you know, it's something I take a lot of pride in. I understand that, you know, it's, uh, I-, I am the the lowest person in the totem pole in the situation like that, but it'll be something I look back at really fondly uh, when, when inevitably that time does come. Yeah, for sure. And like uh, before, like uh, the Bruins and even now too, like, uh, did you ever get like, do you ever have like free game jitters? Like you're like before the game starts or is there anything like you do like to like a, like a free game ritual, uh, ritual like players or something like that? So the short answer is yes. I was an actor back in the day. Um, and there, uh, I think that was my first introduction to like performing. Um, I was not to toot my own horn. I thought I was a pretty good actor, you know, <laughs> as a, as a middle schooler, I never carried it on into to high school and stuff like that, but I knew I wanted to do something in that realm of, you know, maybe it was music, maybe it was uh, performing, something like that. And I feel like that ended up being my creative outlet. That being said, those jitters are still real, right? It's never like a a scared of screwing up jitter, but mm. it's always like, you know, the the moment's always back there. It's... Hey, you know, your eyes are, uh, people's eyes and ears are going to be on you. Right. And that's the same for any broadcast, you know, broadcasting games on Nesson and, uh, and like yourself, ESPN plus and a couple games on regional cable TV. And it's the same sort of thing. It's like, you can either let that eat you up. Uh, you know, oh, there's 20,000 people down here. Um, wonder what's going to happen. Uh, and the same with TV. It's like, I'm just speaking, you know, to whoever uh, there's so many people watching or you can just try to have some fun and you can say, this is fun. This is doing what I love to do. I'm just going to do my thing and whatever happens happens. So, so it, it's always the jitters of like, you know, meeting the moment it's, am I going to bring it enough energy tonight with this crowd, you know, against uh, 
when the Bruins played Toronto the other night, I, I sort of had it a little bit more than I or I'd really ever had. It was, it was, wow, this is a Toronto F and Maple Leafs. Um, if you don't bring it, that's a huge missed opportunity, right? So you give it a little more gusto. You, you try to meet that moment where it is. Um, as far as your pregame ritual question, what I've been trying to do is the, the breathing more, right? Um, when I had my voice problems back in 2021, that was a big thing for me. I saw, ended up being a, seeing a speech pathologist for a while to understand, you know, like, hey, how can I maximize my voice and how can I not strain it? How can I make sure this voice is going to be around when I'm 50? And a lot of it was diaphragmatic breathing, right? So I'll, I'll sort of just maybe take a second every now and then close my eyes and make sure I'm focused on like, you know, am I present in the moment and am I doing, uh, am I giving my, my brain and my body enough oxygen, all that nerdy stuff. So it's been, uh, I still have ways to go and establishing that like pregame ritual, but that's where I'm at. Right. And is it like, I always like to ask people this too, like, oh, not people, but like public address announcers is, is like specifically like, um, like finding your voice. Did you have to like find your voice or did you just felt like you had that like naturally in you? Like when you first obviously started. I think it's a mix of both because yeah. obviously you don't wake up and uh, you know, you don't come out of the womb with like, I would like some cereal, right? <laughs> like you don't, that's, that's just not what you do. So I think that was, uh, that's another big struggle. It's like when I first started my first PA role specifically was for Bryant men's basketball. Um, you know, Tim O'Shea had just retired. Jared Grosso came in. They put new seats in the Chase Athletic Center. There was just a new buzz in there, and they wanted a new voice. Um, marketing people had reached out and said, you know, hey, any of your friends want to do this? I said, no, my friends don't. I do. This is my dream. <laughs> like, let me, let me figure this out. Um, so part of finding your voice was finding out who you're not, right? Like, I feel like as a kid – you know, as a 20, 21 year old kid, I was just trying to be too many people that I looked up to. Like when I was doing basketball, I had a bit of Mike Walcheski in me. I thought, <laughs> um, he's a Knicks public address announcer. Yeah. And finally, you know, like I, I looked at my voice recordings from 2019 the other day. I'm like, that's not me. Mm. Come on. What am I doing? I can't go three point ball Carmelo Anthony. I can't do that shit. You know? <laughs> um, so you have to find it, in my opinion. I think you need to know what works and what doesn't, right? It's so obvious when somebody's overdoing it or somebody's yelling um, or growling or screaming or whatever it is. There, there's wrong there's wrong ways to do this, but I think the only way to to do it is just to learn, right? It's, it's to screw around with stuff and see what works. Yeah, for sure. And, like, it's, it's tough, too, like, because all the things you've been doing, like, it's like you look back at it. It's like, wow, I did this, this, this. Like, there's so many things that you've been a part of. Um, if you could think of, I always ask everyone this question too, the most memorable moment you can think of in your career so far, obviously, you know, being the public address announcer for the Bruins is pretty memorable, but I mean, uh, <laughs> if there's something that really sticks out to you, like, wow, like maybe like an interaction with the player, like, um, you know, have you ever had interactions with players like that, like with the Bruins so far? Or? Not really with the Bruins. I think, um, you know, I'm up on the ninth floor. I'm not in the, pre uh, down in the, down in the box. Right. Mm. So I, I think, Sadly, those that that opportunity won't really present itself to me. It would be awesome, right? Who's complaining about that? But you know, I, I understand the realities of the situation there. Um, as far as memorable moments go, I would say Bryant winning the NEC championship last year. I mean, I'm sure you, you might have remembered this if you followed it, and the listeners. 
the events there, you know, the, the fight in the stands, that was one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, if you had asked me if I thought I'd be controlling the crowd that night on ESPN, uh, it was not on my list. Um, <clears throat> but afterwards, sharing that moment of, you know, just total like, wow, Bryant just won finally. They won their conference uh, with the folks next to me, right? So like Bill Pike, who's been the official scorer for – 14 years at Bryant. Him and I have seen a lot of bad basketball together. We've seen some bad teams come in that gym. Some of them were Bryant, right? Let's make no mistake. Bryant had some bad losses over the years in that gym. They went three and 28 in 2017 to 18. Um, To share that moment of joy, I I gave him a hug. You know, he's, uh, you know, for a guy that's like, I don't know, not to put an age number on him, but like 40 or 50 years older than me to, for us to have that moment, I thought was awesome. Right. Um, and with all the staff at Bryant too, you know, on the table that I'd grown to know so well over the years, I thought that that rose right to the top of my list. And I, I would say the PLL championship of 2021 too, I thought was really cool. Um, First time finishing a tour with a, a pro league. And I thought that was awesome to have my little slice of it and say, you know, I just proved to myself, I, I went to three tour stops in 2021 and I proved to myself that I can get here, get to this level, sort of build with the PLL as well. Um, to have Paul Rabel and Mike Rabel, you know, the the relationship that, that we do with them. Um, you know, I, I think that rises right to the list, uh, right to the top of the list as well. Awesome stuff. Yeah, right. And, you know, to, la- you know, lastly, like wrap up everything that we've been talking about, um, you know, what's your goal at the end of the day? I mean, you've been able to do this now for about eight years. You know, now you host a podcast as well and you have your day job as well, like you were mentioning. Like, what's the plan going forward? Where do you see yourself in the future? I'd love to ride it out with the Bruins. God willing, you know, there's a fit. Uh, you know, I'll be there if there's a fit. They know that. Um, but, you know, down the road, I think that North Star, it's like, you know, let's see where this road goes. Right. Let's see. Um Let's see if I can do a couple March Madness games, right? Let's see, uh, you know, Fallon Roach decides to hang up the cleats like, hey, you know, I'll, uh, I'll throw my name in the ring, right? So there's a lot available. And I think when people ask what's next, I'm like, well, I don't really know. Um, and I'm trying to, you know, be more intentional about it too, right? Like, you know, say here's exactly where I want to go. But, you know, right now I'm going to, I'm in sort of the period of my life that uh, I'm just going to try to have some fun right? Have, uh, really enjoy the the work that I'm doing for the, the groups that I'm doing it for. And we'll see where this thing goes. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on, Jake. I mean, it means a lot for you to take the time and, uh, you know, chat with me about your career. I want to just wrap up again. Like I said, just, uh, what'd you think of Cam's corner? What'd you think of the questions and what you want to see too in the future as a guest? What would I want to see in the future, man? A lot of good stuff. Um, Keep asking the tough questions. Keep asking. Uh, I try. It takes me a little bit. It takes me a little bit to cook up questions. Yeah. Yeah. P- keep asking stuff that I, I would say normally would like make people uncomfortable, right? Like ask mm. the really hard questions that people are going to have to think about. Um, and that's the, that's how you learn, right? You get people to to talk about some really not taboo, but some, some answers that are some questions that aren't concrete necessarily. And you'll get some good stuff. Gotcha, Jake. I appreciate it. And I'll, I'll definitely be in touch. Definitely glad that we connected. Yeah. Text me if you need anything. If there's someone you want to get in touch with that I know or or whatever, a school you want to get in contact with, definitely hit me up, man, for sure. Gotcha, man. I'll definitely be in contact. I appreciate it again, man.
I'll keep cool. I'll I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon for sure. Yeah, take care, man.